Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast, a defeat for Sunderland at Liverpool, and we're going to talk about that here tonight. I'm Stephen Goldsworth. Gareth Bark isn't with us tonight. You may or may not be glad to hear. Don't know. Don't know what people's thoughts are on Gareth. Uh, Rory Fallow is here most weeks now, and he's back in with us. Yeah, I don't again. cry off when we get beat. No, well, that's come it. Back. Big cold weather, nah. and he cries off. Gareth can't do it on a cold, <laughs> wet Monday night. Exactly. Down, down next to the River Weir. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Rock Report editor. Gavin is here with us now. Gavin Henderson. How do? Good, right. good to have you on. And Tomlin as well, of course, regular of the show. So we do have the four oh, yeah. of us in anyway. There was going to be five initially, and I thought that was a good thing because it just means I would speak less, which is better for everybody. <laughs> I'm sure we'll all agree. Do you does, ev- <laughs> does everybody agree, firstly? Great question that when you say does everybody, because I'm not pinpointing one person, so it could be a free-for-all, and we all start speaking over the top of each other again. It's a little bit bizarre, isn't it, that Sunderland have lost a game, gone back to the bottom of the table, yet everybody seems to be positive. Well, yeah, because you can see what the plan is now, can't you? We're playing with... The main thing I've been looking at is comparing it to the Arsenal game a month ago. A very similar team with similar levels of attack and quality. In the Arsenal game, we had no plan, no defensive shape, no real organisation. But against Liverpool, who were arguably better and away from home, the defence was really good. We were organised, strong. The shape in the team was nice. and We were also much better going forward. Up until the goal, you could argue we had as many clear-cut chances as they did. Pienaar, unlucky to score where the goalkeeper did quite well. Watmore, who made a right hash of a really good opportunity after good play from Anishabi and Van Arnholt. But mainly defensively, I thought we were absolutely superb. I mean, our stance hasn't changed on changed on this really, has it? Because it's easy for people to point the finger at us and say, oh, you're criticising Moyes a couple of weeks ago. But all we said was, nothing against Moyes personally, we just wanted to see something on, on the field where you thought, OK, I can see the plan now. Even if the players weren't good enough to execute that plan, as they weren't at the weekend because they lost the game, that's all you want to see and we're seeing that now, right? Yeah, it was, it was commitment. I think the interesting thing was uh, on goals on Sunday, Jermaine Defoe said they'd been looking at how Atletico Madrid play. And right, obviously we're nowhere near as good as, good as Atletico Madrid, but you could kind of, when you hear that and then you think of how we played, really tight defensively, looking to get the ball to your quick players like Van Arnholt and Watmore. And obviously you've got a big man up front who can hold the ball up and bring those quick players into play. And if you'd taken those opportunities you would say it was very similar to the way they play we don't have someone like Antoine Griezmann in our side isn't it amazing though that it's taken the introduction of a free centre forward in Anichabi who nobody really wanted did they when he came in it was a, it was a bit of a mm, who's this guy and uh, it's taken him coming into the club for us to turn a corner he's given such a big 
lift to the team. He's he's given us another dimension effectively. We're we're getting the ball forward in areas where we just couldn't do it before. And um even at the weekend when we weren't particularly great, uh he made a huge difference in, in terms of how much he, he won the ball. I think he won more headers than any other player on the pitch. And you just kind of wonder whether against Leicester next weekend um, we can utilise that further and get him up against someone like Dan, Danny Simpson and, and and players like that. And maybe maybe it'll be more effective in the games that are more winnable. Because we have seen it hold Bournemouth. He was outstanding in both those games and we, we took three points. I'm not expecting that level of performance in every game. Um but even at the weekend against top opposition, he did quite a good job. There are things to take from from the performance which um, weren't previously there against better teams. Like Rory says, Arsenal was a different team compared to this in my eyes. Mm. Um, we felt the bits in that game and this game we didn't. I think the score isn't a fair representation really. After 75 minutes, we went 1-0 down. Um, we looked good for a point and it took a really good piece of skill I think I think I think people are doing the goal a disservice by saying it was a cross I think it was just a, a well hit ball put into a dangerous area they got a goal from it I think if he hadn't have done that we were almost certainly finishing that game nil nil um, I, I didn't see a way that Liverpool would have broken us down without that bit of quality so I, look we're going to come up against worse teams in Liverpool um, and if we can put the same level of application in, then definitely I think we'll, we'll do something. And each of you, of course, is important, Tom, just because the shape's been changed as, as much as anything. We refer back to last season and the way Allardyce used Ndoy, who, with respect, wasn't the greatest player in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the shape looked good when he was playing on the right of a front three or the left of a front three, just because we had an outball, firstly. Yeah, I think he's good. You know, he's, he's not just your archetypal target man. I think he holds the ball up well. He's been great. Sort of playing with his his back to goal and playing out wide as well to give him his due. He hasn't probably been playing in a, in, a, in the more central role he preferred to play, and I think it also um, gives Defoe a little bit of a lease of life as well because um, I think at times you know when he's marked you know you, you've got an opposition playing with a back four and there's only a sort of five foot seven striker to occupy him. I think and each of you just uh, totally changes the picture. Um, obviously on Saturday, a lot of his duties were mainly uh, defensive. But I think he, he has made a big impact in the team. I think the interesting thing over the next few weeks is to see whether he'll retain the same level of consistency. Because when you talk to fans of, of West Brom and Everton, the one thing that, that we'll say is that, yes, he has got ability, but B, how often does he produce it? Absolutely. What do we think about Klopp's comments after the game? I don't think it was too much of a dig. I think it was just... The way they got portrayed. Yeah, I think it, w- it was just spun by the media to create a bit of a headline. I think he was just being honest, saying... Yes, they were very defensive, but we're a side who are very good going forward, so we're going to come up against teams that play defensive against us. That's that's the nature of things. Mm. What, was, what was the quote used, though? The most defensive team I've ever came up against? I don't mm-hmm. know whether he was saying it with a smile on but his then face. He, but then he followed up by saying, we made them play like that, and I can understand why they played yeah. like that, which I think it was supposed to be a bit of a compliment towards his side, but of course, the line you're going to go with if you're a journalist sitting tweeting it is, is, totally. is what he said, well, isn't it? He, you know, he's... The thing with Klopp is that he's a very calm, collected bloke. And then you see the way that we had him riled up and we had his crowd riled up mm-hmm. to the point where he felt it necessary to bomb down the touchline and, and try and rile them up. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, he obviously didn't like the way we were playing because it was working for a long period and it, it took him doing something that not many managers do and, and trying to force the crowd into... Yeah. Given a reaction. So, I, yeah. I think, I think it's quite interesting when a manager Liverpool has to do something like that because obviously the... 
you know, the way the media portray Liverpool fans is over the most raucous, you know, crowd in world football week after week. But you know, as we all know, when you travel away with with Sunderland, there's a lot of grounds where there's hardly any atmosphere at all. Um, and I think uh, what he did actually did make a did make a big difference. So you've got to hold your hands up to him, to be honest, because it did sort of like change the the tone of the game. Here's what Moy said on that. I don't know any good teams that aren't the first and foremost defensively sound. If you want to win the Premier League, you're going to have to have a right good defence. If you want to avoid relegation, you're going to have to have to have a good defence and an organisation. And to be fair, we've not been good enough recently. No, we haven't, David. <laughs> no, we haven't, David. I'll turn the microphone <laughs> up probably there. Uh, interesting on, on, on Moyes as well, because it's only fair to give him praise. Because we speak about what we saw, um, what we have seen on, on, on the pitch this season from the players in that terms of attitude and application. But Moyes' whole persona's changed as well, isn't it? He's no longer telling us that perhaps a draw at home at West Brom is the best we can expect from this group of players. He's got the back suddenly. That makes a difference. Jermaine Defoe, you mentioned there, you saw him talk over the weekend. He was on goals on Sunday, wasn't he? Yeah. And he got asked that. Were you surp- what did you think when, yeah. Mo- when Moyes come out and, and said that? And he said he was surprised and you could tell that he didn't like it. You could yeah. just tell, reading between the lines. Yeah. And it's going to have an effect. And It's as if something snapped him out of it, isn't it? And then suddenly... After spitting, spitting his dummy out week after week, he's finally said, OK, I've got to do something about this now and try and win the games of football and get in and have my players back a little bit more. It's as though the pennies dropped because everyone's telling them that he was in the wrong, you know. Every news outlet, every fan site, every fan on the street mm-hmm. was telling them he was wrong in what he was saying. And you've got to you've got to hold your hands up and be fair to Moise. He's definitely tried to change the way that he's um, presenting himself in public. He's trying to change... Obviously, the way that we're playing, Defoe in that goals on Sunday, um, uh, sure he mentioned that uh, we'd, we'd do a lot of possession stuff in training. You can tell he said you can tell Moyes has been to Spain, mm. meaning you know he's trying to get us to play a certain way. Funnily enough, we're not saying that uh, we're not saying our midfielders uh, grab the ball and, and get at teams around the edge of their own but area. But I wonder if that you know? I wonder if that was a problem. And he's tried to implement that too quickly. Yeah. Because yeah. first and foremost, you need to try and win games of football. And then he's doing that now with the side he's picking, the shape he's picking. Okay, let's try and get through this. Then if you start winning games and you're well away from the relegation zone, you can try and implement that on a little bit more. But we were even seeing that in the whole game. At the, the start of that, if you remember, we played that at quite a slow pace and we're trying to keep the ball until we realised, well, maybe it is time to go a bit more direct. I think it is a case of we don't really have the midfielders who are capable of doing that, even at full strength. You know, Catamol's not your man to do that. Kirchhoff, yes, quite tidy on the ball, as is Denier, but Larson is a more direct player, like we know that. Um, and Dong, fairly, yeah, fairly neat and tidy, but there's it's not a possession-based team, especially when you've got a big man like Anitribi up front who you want to get the ball up too quickly. Defoe, who, again, you want to get the ball too quickly. And your fullbacks who are going to push on quite quickly too. Playing to this team's strength is doesn't look like possession football. Mm. Fair enough if he wants to do that down the line, but at the minute we probably are better off conceding possession a little bit and trying to counter attack like yeah. like we did at, obviously at Bournemouth. We did it to an extent against Hull, and obviously we had to do that on Saturday. But given what we're going to come up against against Leicester, who will, as we all saw last season, will want to play without the ball and break quickly so I wouldn't want to to try and play a possession based well, yeah. game against them because they will regardless of how out of form they are they will hurt us if we do try to do that 
Think. Well, you don't want to get in the front foot against Leicester, do you? But what, what do people think of the the team selection? I think John O'Shea's inclusion makes a massive difference to the way the way Cornier performs, as we've touched on yeah. most weeks. Here. It's not a coincidence that he plays better when he's alongside. He was alongside O'Shea against West Ham, played really well. First game of the season, alongside Kabul, played really well. And obviously all through last season, when he was alongside Kabul and O'Shea, he definitely looks like he needs someone next to him who's going to be the organiser and the dictator because Corney made a lot of interceptions on Saturday so it was it was giving him I know he can't have freedom as such at centre half but it give gave him a bit of licence to mm. go and like make the challenges instead whereas when he's alongside Gillabodji who will dive in and make the odd rash challenge as well he's probably a bit more conscious of that so it gave him a bit of he could probably relax a little bit more if that makes sense mm. obviously I mean he looked effortless at times, didn't he, O'Shea, yeah. at the weekend, I thought. Yeah. I think he's an underrated pro, O'Shea. He gets you know, criticised off a certain section of our support, but I always think he makes the other centre-back um, look better than they are when he's not playing with them. And I just think there's, he's a tight player, to be honest. You know, When it comes to the end of his playing days, I'd like to see Sullen try and keep him. Totally, mm-hmm. I totally think he's, agree. Uh, I think he's just one of the, those guys who'd be good to have around. I think he's you know, he's, he's been an honest pro. He probably knows his own limitations, Um He's never criticised when he has been left out. Sometimes, possibly unfairly, um, just a yeah, just a good defender. I think the looking at the defence, one of the ironies is that uh, Billy Jones has come in and actually done quite well as well. When Moyes, you know, brought another two right backs in, but we've now gone back to somebody who everybody thought would probably be leaving the club quite soon. So that's a strange one. He's been outstanding for me since he since he came back in the team at Southampton in the cup. He's just Every single game, he's been at least a seven out of ten. Yeah, um, <clears throat> which is which is what we expected we were going to get from him when we signed mm-hmm. him. And I mean, last season you could say that he was obviously curtailed by injuries towards the end of it, but he did keep his place for a long time. People forget that. Don't think Yedlin actually came in the team until the end of mm-hmm. February, start of March. It was Liverpool um, away last season, wasn't it? That's yeah, when. Jones got substituted for Yedlin. That's that, right. That got of course, it's running the side, and it's easy because our form improved since then. So it's easy to sort yeah. of link that to to Jones coming out the side. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to rewrite history and suggest that he was this great player all along. It's almost a bit like Bardsley. This used to happen with, didn't it? They try and replace him, and then he'd always find a way yeah. to mm-hmm. come back into the side and give you, as Gav says, like seven out of ten every and week. You've got to credit him for that. Like, it would be quite easy for him to look at two right backs brought in. He's got an injury. Like, he could have easily like sulked a bit and being like well I'll look and just try and get a move away in January or whatever but he's worked hard got himself back in the team which when the team's struggling as well and you might not have the motivation as much to do that is a big credit to him and he's helping the team improve as well credit to Moyes as well for picking somebody you know out of three people he can pick for that position he's actually picked the guy that he didn't have anything to do with coming to the club you know so at least his ego is not getting in the way of things true what about the inclusion of Stephen Pienaar the weekend that Larson would have would be ideal for that role, you would yeah. imagine. Well, having watched Larson play Monday night against Man U in, in the under-23s, um, yeah, much slower, less physical um, style of play in that league, but he just looked a class above, he looked fit, mm. he looked ready. He played his normal game, he wasn't holding off like Kirchhoff was. Kirchhoff didn't really kick into second gear. Larson was all over the pitch like you expect him to be. And I kind of came away looking for, looking at that game thinking he's going to play at the weekend because he looked right for it. Um, I was shocked that he didn't because it seemed like the type of game which would suit him mm. because he, we were going to spend long periods without the ball. I think we had 20% possession at half-time mm. at the yeah. weekend, which just shows we, we didn't have a lot of the ball. Um, 
in the best games Seb Lawson's had in central midfield for Sutton have been when we haven't had the ball when he's when he's chasing down and organising and leading. Um, Pinar, on the other hand, was very poor. I thought. I thought at half time he has to come off. Um, I've seen a little bit of criticism um, for Moyes for not taking him off earlier than he did, because although Pinar wasn't di- directly linked to the goal, you have to think that if you had somebody in midfield doing a bit more off the ball than he was, um, we wouldn't have been on the back foot so much. And um, yeah, Pinar shouldn't have been on the pitch as long as he was. Quite simply, I thought I thought he he struggled and he was he's not a centre midfielder. He's playing centre mid. He's always been a left midfielder in his career, and he might be slower now and good on the ball. But that doesn't mean he's a Premier League centre mid. And now we've got options available. Uh, Touchwood, that Larson and Kirchhoff are available at the weekend. Then I would think about moving him out the team definitely. It's interesting that Thomas, because we we've mentioned about Moyes. Ideally, long term, we'll be looking to introduce a midfielder that like to keep possession of the football and Pienaar you you could see why with his experience and his ability will be involved in that but at this moment in time the way we are setting up looking to go a little bit more direct the job he had McNair doing on that left was to just kind of sit and cover I think yeah. firstly to to um, cover for Van Arnold going forward and secondly to cover for when and he should be moved more centrally so Larson's made for that role he's done that yeah, I th- a lot I, I, of his career anyway. Yeah, I, I, I hope Larson will be involved against Leicester in in some form or fashion, even if it's coming off the bench, because we need him back into the team as soon as possible. I know um, a lot of people, including myself, in the past have, have criticised him. He does go through peaks and troughs form-wise, but what what has struck me is the way the last few seasons, when we've survived by the skin of our teeth, he's always been one of the most influential players in the team. Um, he's another, you know, he's another one a bit like O'Shea when he's playing days, you know, do come to an end. He'd be a good pro to have around. Um, whether he'll stay at Sunderland that long, I don't know. But uh, definitely, you need to get him back in the team. I think they may be, as I say, they may be just uh, making sure he's 110 percent right because I think even Kirchhoff said on the club's website last week that uh, he thought he was brought back too soon, and that's why he got his last injury. Um, and I think we've seen that at Sunderland before, where we're getting certain situations where we need players back and they come back too soon. So yeah, the sooner the back he's in the team, the better. I'd also like to see Casri uh, involved a little bit more as well. I know he's had his again, he's had his critics, but I think he's probably just suffering a bit of a lack in confidence because it was a really strange situation where again he was one of the best players towards mm. the end of last season. When this season started, all these rumours started going around about you know was he overweight? Uh, I think David Moyes said that he needed to start keeping the ball better, etc. Saying those things in the public. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
we're in at home build the lads' confidence up. Maybe say it to them behind the scenes, but don't say it, you know, through the through the media because um, I think he has he has got something that we need. Do you, do you not think though, looking at a player like Kazri, um, with January round the corner and it's quite clear we don't have a lot of money to spend, they might be thinking about selling them because you know you look at the system that we're playing, it does not suit a player like Kazri. I don't know where he fits. As as much as I like the lad, um, he's not going to drop what more and he should be. If they're thick, for it'll, be like it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what Moore's reaction to that, though, because we said in the last yeah. few weeks what Moore's been involved in in goals. He's still nowhere near the finished article, obviously. Um, what do people think of what Moore's performance? Because it'll be interesting to see if what Moore was to be punished, which would seem harsh by a sort of performance that wasn't quite up to it. It also it almost sends a message. You know, we do have players to replace you, yeah. and I it keeps think, players on the toes. I don't think it'll be punishing punishing him as much. I think it's just. He's a young player who we are a bit overly reliant on. In an ideal exactly. scenario, you wouldn't so be take, playing so him every So take him week. out and put yeah. Kazri in, and then, yeah. and then have a word with him and say, like, look, it's it just gives him something to focus on as well, right? I, exactly. I, I've been playing all season. I want to get my place back now. Yeah, it would be obviously it's easy. This football management stuff, isn't nah, it? Nah. Get, get us for it. <laughs> <laughs> it would it would look like he was punishing him for the mistake of where he should have finished, but he, he has been playing quite well. Like we said last week, he's he's always involved in the goals or the chances and. Early on in the game, actually, in the first that first twenty minutes, he was our best outlet. Mm. Pickford played that a brilliant ball to him really early on. And he did really well to win a free kick just on the left in part of the opening two or three minutes, I think. But yeah, maybe take him out. Even if you're saying Kazri, but you could even look at. I know he's not going to do much defensive work, obviously, but Yanazai is still there as well. So the there is options there. Um, I suppose you got to pick and choose your games, haven't you? Really, like Swansea. Yeah. Swansea might be an opportunity to change it up. Um, particularly with players like Yanazai, um, who, to be honest, I don't really rate, but he's got to start showing something eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, he's come from Manchester United as the, with his pedigree. You know, Belgian international who's meant to be the next big thing who mm-hmm. is faltering. You can't afford to fail here, and um, he does have quality, obviously. But the problem is, is this system that we've stumbled across does not suit players who don't want to work back. That's why Watmore plays every week and they don't. That's yeah. pretty much Cass, it for me. Cassie worked though last season. He, he tracked back yeah. and he, he, he was good. Yeah. He did have a good relationship yeah. build with Van Arnold. Like I think he doesn't. He does have a doesn't get enough credit for that. Mm. Of course, I remember, like I sit in the East End, so I remember watching them too and how mm. far back he would get. Yeah. Like, obviously see, I, I, I just find it very strange how he's so influential towards the end of last season. You know, one of the three kids that came in and and, and, and saved our day, um, and this season just. You know, hasn't really been anywhere near. Perhaps, perhaps you know there are things going on behind the scenes that we're never privy to. Like, to like it's happened yeah. with a with a lot of players. You know, um, yeah. body language looks different, doesn't it? I was, yeah. Well, I, I was just about to say that there could be something else that we don't know about. Um, not saying there is, but yeah. you don't know what his relationships like with the manager. Whether he's mm-hmm. expressing interest in leaving, you don't know these things. Um, you could you could even look at the core, the, the players that are playing every week. They all seem to be grounded, level headed. Pretty sound people. I can't envisage any of them given given Moyes much bother other than Coney, but we seem to have curtailed that for the time being. Um, and you've got to look at it and think maybe there's an issue there, and he, he just doesn't like him. That's that sometimes happens. Your face doesn't fit with the manager, and that's it. There's nothing you can do about it. And if that it. was a case, you would certainly be looking to, to perhaps get rid in January because it's, it's not it's not good having a player valuable player like that standing there's around. There's no secret that we need money. You, yeah, you know, and and. Would probably make money on him. Uh, might not be much, but it would be enough to maybe 
uh, get a player in another position that we need. You know, we're, we're desperate for centre midfield players, especially um, when we do look like we've got numbers in the wide yes, areas yeah. now. Yeah. I think I think I think there's got to clearly be some moving around in January. Um, it'd be no surprise to me if if him and Coney left in January because at the end of the day. Um, that money could be used in other areas that we need we need players in and even even at centre half I think I think Moyes made it quite clear when he was talking about McNair's injury midweek last week he said mm-hmm. that um, it was disappointing to see Paddy out for the season because he's one of a group of players who um, have came in because we want to build a young team here of players who aren't going to stick are going to stick around longer in a couple of years mm-hmm. um, that's telling to me I think there's, he's got to maybe look at players like Kasri Coney and think. I don't know if those lads will be here mm-hmm. when when the going gets tough again. Yeah, um, I, don't, so I, don't, I don't think he'll have been very pleased, obviously, with Coney's mm-hmm. attitude. But he, in pre-season, but he obviously wanted to make a point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, when it gets to January, presumably they'll be doing the homework now on who Coney's replacement will be, and we'll, we'll may end up with somebody better because he has been indifferent, mm-hmm. uh, to put it mildly. At times, uh, we all saw what he can be like towards the end of last season, but uh, unfortunately. Um, Allegedly, Willie Mackay and his son have, have tried to, you know, turn his head elsewhere, and, and son have been the, the people who've suffered for that, it. Yeah. And you don't, you do you just don't want players with that sort of attitude in the squad because he's a he's a grown man at the end of the day, and he could have just said to his agents, "Look, I'll just come here. I'm on I'm on good money. I'm quite happy. Um, just just let it be." But he didn't. He was happy to go along with he's, it. He's not irreplaceable. You know what the, I mean? The focus for me now it looks like. We're looking at building a unit now rather than obviously individuals. So anyone like Corny who is upsetting that, obviously we've got flash of quality in there. Defoe's obviously fantastic player, he's, and, and he's, Pick, he's Pickford's only... got a lot of potential. But if we can get a unit who, yes, they don't look good individuals on paper, and each of these probably sums that up the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the fact that he's doing a really good job in this side, but perhaps if, and obviously yes, the form might not last with an each of these, but. Put him in another side, and he might not be. He might not have those kind of performances. Cause we look, we look like now we're playing to, to play his strengths, and that's that's quite refreshing. It's it's yeah. very encouraging. In, in terms of January, though, um, there's only one player in that squad for me that's irreplaceable, and that's Defoe. Mm. You could probably sell anybody else and get by fine, and that includes Pickford. We've got we've got Manonia there. Um, <clears throat> as much as I'd love to see Pickford stay here long term, um, nobody would be shocked if a good yeah. Club came in for him, and you wouldn't blame the club for turning that money Moyes, down. You know? Moyes has got history with this. It's it's almost like you can see the dollar yeah, signs in his eyes every time he speaks about him. But, <laughs> but you've got to keep her there already in Manoni, who you know you can depend on. He's not a bad goalkeeper, you know what I mean. And you've got even his third choice there now as well. Uh, I don't think there's a sh- it should be of any shock anybody that were brought him in on a on a proper contract. Um, I think it was two years, wasn't it? Um, so even if even if players like Pickford and Corney and Kazu were to leave, um, I don't think it would be the end of the world, as daft as that sounds. Because there's only Jermaine Defoe in that squad for me. Who, if you sold, you would struggle mm. to replace. Mm-hmm. Would depend who he brings in, as, of course, as well. The jury's still open yeah. on 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 the signings Moyes yeah. has made. Everton fans said that he you know he would either find a gem in in somebody like Jagielka or Lescott from a from the Championship level who nobody else seemed to gamble on and and. and in the case of Lescott, sell him on for a very, very big profit, or he would make some other signings um, that didn't. To Jermaine Beckford. Yeah, that didn't yeah, work James quite B. so well. And you, <laughs> you go back to situations like when we sold Jordan Henderson for twenty million. I, personally, I thought that was good money for Jordan at the time. Um, but you, you know, you then go out and spend five million on Craig Gardner, and you bring David Vaughan, and you just get bits and pieces instead of 
what I would have done in my naive mind, I would have I would have bought a, a player for twenty five million, mm, who, yeah. who, who in essence would have cost us five million pounds. I think that's where Sunderland have, have fallen down. I think particularly around that era of Steve Bruce, there were so many good players were allowed to leave there, and then replaced with substandard players. Even some of the fringe players who went around then were useful at the club. You know, like Malbrank and Zenden. Yeah. Were, were like good pros when you lost yeah. Mingley don't talk about that Henderson, transfer window Thomas Bent, it, still, it, it gives me <laughs> nightmares leaving, yeah. Yeah. it still makes me want to cry yeah. Zenden, Malbronk, Henderson yeah. and, and the, the people who come in it still gives me nightmares you know, people, people say we should, have, we, we should have built when Peter Reid was here that's always the example they gave and yes we should have done but that, that situation with Henderson and co under Steve Bruce was only a few years ago and that's that's the most recent Bruce, time we should have built Bruce took all the flack for that as well you mm-hmm. know, didn't he from, from all of us um, but when you reflect back and look at it, and you can see you see the pattern the club's taken since that mm-hmm. period, in terms of the transfer policy and and how they sell players and how they buy players, um, you can kind of sympathise with what happened then. It's a shame that things fell apart, and we're, yeah. we're kind of we're, we're now at the very end of that. Aren't we? we either need to turn a corner now or we go down, um, and it's important that something happens in January that gives us a spark, much like mm-hmm. last year, because if we don't. Um, it's going to be tough to see where we go. As, as optimistic as I am, coming out the last three games, um, January is huge because clubs around us have got money to spend, yeah. um, and and potential change improve. of managers as yes. well. Well, that's yes. right. I mean, by you know, by time Saturday comes, we're into December and we've got eight points, which you know, to, to be frank, is pretty pathetic. But this club's not that far above us. We've only got three, four, five points yeah. more, so it's still there. The season's still there to be salvaged, but. We need to be like really. We got three on the games in, in December, haven't we? Where we you look yeah. even starting with Saturday, Leicester at home, oh, totally. um, and then we've got Swansea away and Watford at home as well. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. games Burnley you feel like as well at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you need to you need to rack some points up yeah. in those games, don't but you? But we're talking about new signings there. I'd actually say two of them on Saturday were two of our best players. I thought Dene was really good again, and I, yeah. I know he split opinion, but I was really happy. With Ndong's Tell me about Ndong then, because you've just said he split opinion. Split opinion. Uh, I didn't catch most of the second half. I got more. I got all of the first half. You know, and, and like you say, Twitter was very divided over Ndong. You know what it is with Ndong? He's he's never going to score goals. He's never going to assist goals. Um, but he's the type of player every team needs, and it's just a shame that we don't have the other qualities yeah. and the other midfielders Definitely. around him. He's a young kid who's come from a foreign yeah. country when we're struggling. Yeah, but yeah. I, I just think I think when you see the criticism of Undong and you see it of mm. Watmore, which seems mm. to be on an, a weekly basis, even when they play well, um, I wouldn't say what that Undong was brilliant, but he wasn't he wasn't by any means one of the worst players on the pitch. Yet I was still seeing criticism of him. And it, the the thing that really troubles me with both of them is that neither of them go missing. They always want the ball. They always want to work hard. And that's all we ever ask of Sunderland players. But all of a sudden, because that's all they do, um, it's not good enough. And I think with Undong. You would appreciate him more if he had better players playing around him in yeah. midfield. Maybe one who could score goals, mm-hmm. one who was good in possession. If you could put a, pretty much like our midfield last season, actually, once Kirchhoff's fit, you, I kind of hope it, mm-hmm. it brings out another element in Dong who, it, where where when he's winning the ball back, he's got someone who he can give it to who can yeah. play a bit because yeah. at the minute he's got Stephen Pienaar and. And and Denier has done a decent job, but he's a centre half at the end of the day, and you've yeah. got to think you, you can't hinge your hopes on him. Yeah. So there's 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 other elements coming to play with Ndong. I think he's he's 
being asked to do a lot at the minute and it would have been nice to have options and bring him out of the team but we can't and we've just yeah. got to kind of deal with that his, his tackling's really good as well like you, every time you look at the stats for tackles apart from, after, the, apart from the uh, oh they're like obviously <laughs> I a blood mistake the at the well, end which you hope he doesn't do that at crucial moments he would, he's, not, he's not going to do that nil nil exactly yeah, well, exactly. made a good point about that on goals on Sunday actually he said that um, you look at Sadio Mane and he says I was talking to Coney about it and he's just too quick Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it and that has to happen. And you kind of look at the, the build-up of the challenge. Dinier gives the ball away and, and Dong's kind of left looking like the idiot because he's had to dive in and make a tackle before he shoots. And there was a lot, that just happens. A lot of over-urgency about it. 91st minute, 1-0 yeah. down. Mm. If, if that's 0-0 in the 60th minute, I don't think he makes that challenge. No, definitely not. Mm. But like the thing I, I took from his performance is, because I wasn't at the game and watching it on a, a very legal stream, nothing dodgy about it at all, um, <laughs> was the fact that you're watching it on that main camera and he was always in the shot. He was chasing everything. He never stops working. Like his off-the-ball work was fantastic. And if he does that against uh, lesser opposition, which we're going to face more of because the world is so good, that will get you more joy, and if he keeps making those tackles, it he just he does need to be a little bit more decisive in his passing, not necessarily take risks and play like fancy long balls, but get his head up a little bit more, and he, he does get a bit blinkered sometimes. But not, you won't criticize him too much in a game like that for do that. Not, do you not think though, because he's so busy and he's so active and he's always there, that he's going to make more mistakes because he's doing more than other players are? I wouldn't Is necessarily that that, say that as a mistake for not like passing because he doesn't give no, no, the ball away very much. I mean, I mean, like if he's got the ball more than other players, he's going to stand out more. Yeah, you're going to notice when it he more. Make sure. and, and and that's kind of my issue with it. I think it's it's. I find it. This is just my personal opinion. But I find it very hard to criticise anybody in a Sunderland shirt who tries their best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they're not good enough, that's that's just the way it is. You'd say well, that about what more as well, yeah, wouldn't you? We, all we ever ask for is 110%. Every fan. Yet the same people wouldn't think twice about slating the lad when he gives mm-hmm. the ball away. And I think sometimes you've just got to give a little and just kind of look at it from that you've perspective. You've got to wait the likes of Kirchhoff and, and Larson uh, come back in the team. I think with on the Kirchhoff issue, I think you've got to accept that he's not going to, you know, barring a miracle, he's not going to be playing every week. I hope that's a position that Moyes is looking at now to, to, to bring a, a top-class central midfielder in. Because yeah. Cottenham was out what, eight, May. Someone who had goals so. for me from central midfield yeah. pivotal. I mean, we used to slate players like Craig Gardner, but you'd give for someone yeah. like that right now. Yeah, they'd walk Picking in the, the scraps up and, and shooting from distance. Nobody does it. Yeah. Um, that that's the main thing at the minute and we've got nobody even down the down the tree in the under twenty threes who does mm-hmm. that. It's kind of a it's that's my priority in January if we can do that. If we can just pick somebody up. No, it's not yeah. even an in Villa. Sorry, but I know people want in Villa in January. But I just think I think it all hinges on us signing the midfield out and score goals. Someone like people may disagree, someone like a Charlie Adam, someone who who's mm-hmm. not scared to shoot and who's available and isn't gonna cost us a fortune. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is that's the kind of player we're yeah. gonna be looking at. And he's got a bit of attitude as well. Yeah. 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 I would, think he'd be a good short term signing for us. But a couple people of years. people will push their noses up at that, but at the end of the day that that would improve our midfield right now, wouldn't well, it? Well that's right, that's a bottom line argument. Well Simon Wilson has been appointed. Um does anybody what's the official title for him? Chief football officer, something, something yeah, like that. And he's a stats football guy, a little bit of a stats guy. Isn't he? He's yeah. going to help with the incoming transfers. People are saying it's a bit of a coup from Man City. I'm always a bit 
dubious about that because yeah, they're, they're not exactly been there for a long time. They're not very good in the transfer market, Man City mm-hmm. generally though, because <laughs> you know you don't need a scout to go and sign Sergio Aguero. I think, or, I think he's oversaw a lot of their academy thing mm. stuff as well. And man, everyone says I about just start thinking of all the dodgy centre halves they've spent thirty <laughs> plus million quid on in the last. Mm. Nah, that was all Mancini and Pellegrini, man. <laughs> all the good yeah. things. He did yeah. the good things. Mm. But apparently he did have a lot to do with the academy and everyone says in Manchester yeah. now all the kids prefer to go to Man City rather than Man United. They're the dominant force through the youth Yeah, because they, they buy the kids' parents' houses and stuff with the nine-year-old. Yeah. That sounds we, class. We, do, do, we yeah. do that at Soros. Yeah. Mum got moved over. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how him. much direct influence he's had on, on transfer uh, policy. I know that he, he has been uh, heavily involved with like their team in New York and stuff like that. Um, yeah came from ProZone initially and then he had four years at Southampton. That, that's a big thing. He moved from Southampton, who are renowned for their academy, mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. most rich team in the country, really. Mm-hmm. You've got to think, if he, if they, if they, if the best team in the country and the, the one with the most resources has brought in a guy from the best academy in the country, he's got to have something about him. So yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what I'm hinging my hopes on, because I don't the, know a lot about the, him, really. Just, just to play devil's advocate, I suppose you, you, the cynical side also asks why Man City let him go, but yeah. maybe he just wants to... You know, maybe he wants a fresh challenge. More authority, to, more yeah. autonomy, perhaps. You're, yeah. you're, on about, you're on about him taking up one of the most important jobs at the club, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he's And it's a challenge, isn't it? Like, well, can you imagine? It's a massive challenge. I, being the man who's got to try and make chicken salad out of chicken, you know. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we're, we're discussing, like, off-air before it started, that, you know, Martin Bain allegedly has been talking to staff behind the scenes and he's been saying that he wants Sunderland to get back to being a football club, that they've probably been... Uh, too sidetracked by you know investing in Africa and pop concerts etc. Um, with regards to the foreign market, the only way you're ever going to attract um, additional fans from abroad is by having a successful team on the pitch. And I think that's where we have got sidetracked the last few years. You know, with pop concerts and that are great if they bring money in and all the rest of it. But we just want to see like 11 players on the pitch. That's mm. that, that's that's Sunderland football. We've got, a, we've got to keep stuff. those concerts. So I'm, I'm afraid. Um, uh, from a city economy point of view that's a totally different subject <laughs> um, OK we're going to wrap this up has anybody else got anything to add before we head over to the Roker Report and do that a little bit I think we've been pretty comprehensive this week comprehensive we've covered, covered everyone not bad for 2-0 defeat the people yeah, still they're still in good spirits anyway we'll be back on Wednesday with Interlight this week which is dictated by the lad Proctor we can't help but he just <laughs> he, you know he's, he calls he's the got shots. the audacity to coach for Sunderland so we've got to work around <laughs> work around that schedule. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.